Hey everyone, welcome to the A to Z of sex, or the A to Z of sex if you're in North America. I'm Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I'm a psychologist, sex and intimacy coach, and a gender, sex, and relationship diversity therapist. And I am working my way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. I created this podcast to help you learn to express your desires, learn more about desires, spice up your relationships, and create those sizzling relationships that you have always wanted. I do this through solid science, real-life stories, and conversations with an exciting array of experts. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies that will help you choose the relationship style that works best for you and create exactly what you want and need. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and you can take advantage of the subscriber bonuses. And if you want to know more, head over to DrLaurieBethBisbee.com and sign up for my email list so that you can find out exactly what is going on in my world from week to week. But for now, come join me and enter my world of sex and relationships. See you inside. Hey everyone, welcome to the A to Z of sex or the A to Z of sex, depending on what part of the world you're in. With me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I'm a psychologist, a gender, sex, and relationship diversity therapist, a sex and intimacy coach, and I am working my way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. I've spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create and maintain relationships containing sizzling sex and without shame. So today the letter is D and this week we are revisiting dominance as part of D again. So D is for dominance and I am joined by my husband and also my dominant TJ Scott. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Okay. Um, so um, I wanted to revisit this topic. Um, it's been some time since I actually did a full show on dominance and um, it's an area that I think is often um, a bit misunderstood because there are so many stereotypes as to what dominance looks like. Way too many stereotypes. Yeah, so I kind of think kind of the typical um, idea is um, somebody who's extremely alpha and who um, is... Uh, making demands and quite forceful um and that seems to be the kind of stereotypical society has in my opinion what i call the bodice river idea of what a dominant's supposed to be he's a manly man <laughs> well i i mean we'll talk about dominant women as well or or female presenting but, folks but yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 that whole you know, one size fits all, you know, you know, has, has, has to be forceful and, and has to be dynamic. And it's not true. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of our images of dominance and, and listen, guys, we have the, the, um, 
my puppy Kimba with us today, who is being a little bit of a fuss budget. So we're going to try and find him a comfortable place to sit, but you might hear a little bit of fussing in the background, so I apologize. Um, I think, you know, if we look at some of the images in, in the, in the um, literature and the, and the media, um, and I hate to bring up Fifty Shades, but it is the one that people are most familiar with, that um, when you look at him, he isn't particularly pushy, loud pushy but he is demanding and he does have the expectation that he will get his way yes um and there's a particular look to that that i think when people come in and start wanting to explore authority transfer based relationships they they look for that yeah they 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 look for mr gray they look for an an air of almost arrogant sophistication. And it was, I think one of the things that's really interesting to me is that that presupposes in some ways um, a partner, a submissive partner who is malleable. Yes. Um, and who may put up a little fuss at the beginning, but then does not mind being malleable. And that isn't what a lot of people who are choosing to submit or surrender look like. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, you know, there's no one kind of surrender anymore than there's one kind of dominance. And it, it can't just be quantified as in you are either this or you're not well it was one of the things that i found interesting in talking with um clients working around creating their own um uh version of an authority transfer based relationship and and listeners will know and people who have worked with me will know and people who have seen me on open house will know that um nothing is one size fits all Every relationship is as individual as a fingerprint or a lip print. And so um, we start from the general and we work into the specifics and we work to, to crafting something that works for us. And most of the time in, in the world, although that, we do, that happens to a degree, it doesn't happen um, to the same level of detail for most people, unless they have help from a coach. Right. Right. They, they're not, they're going off of the stereotypes and what they've learned and kind of winging it. And they don't look at what it looks like individually to craft a relationship. But um, in looking at stuff like this, one of the bits that people miss is that part of the appeal for strong people who choose to surrender or submit is not having to be the last word or the decision point or the point of responsibility for everything. True. And so part of what dominance looks like is somebody else having the vision. And we just needing to move along that vision, surrender so that we are in line with that vision. 
which is different than what I think people think dominance looks like. I see a lot of people who figure dominance is you forcing somebody into your mold, into what you want. Mm. And while that could be dominance, it basically comes across as just being bullying. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's, you know, one of the myths that I hear a lot still is this idea that you have to break someone down in order to mold them to your will. And, um, and I do understand that there's a particular type of person that wants to actually craft a human with, yeah. with, without having a child and raising but a child. But that's a particular kind of dom. That is a particular kind of dominant. I also think that there's, there's danger around that. Yes, you know, there's significant danger that that if you're going to work to mold somebody um, completely, that um, that you're doing that within their best interests. Yeah, because my problem with that is with that type of person is are they the kind of person who, if they realize that you aren't a good fit, stops. Yeah, I, I think I think that's that's an area that's concerning. But also, um, there's an arrogance in believing that you can mold somebody into the best person that they can be without them doing the work on their own. And that's like the, the whole leading a horse to water. Sure, you can you can you can give them all the building blocks that you think will make them into that person. But if they don't do the work, they're not going to be what it is you're looking for. And then it also presupposes that um, you, in the collective term, you as dominance, are in any better of a place in terms of self-development that, than pe people who are um, slaves, submissives, or in surrender. Now, see, that, 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 that right there. Right. From my take on this, you can't be a good dominant if you don't know who you are and what you want. So it's, it comes down to me, for me, again, and people probably get really sick of hearing me say this, but it does come down for me again to um, the, the first port of call being that you have to know you. Yes. Um, and that you can't be effective as, um, as, as a dominant or for that matter, as a submissive in any way, if you don't know first who you are um, and haven't done some work on you. Yeah. And the other part of that, which is always interesting to me, is this idea of looking at, at when you're looking at prospective partners, of looking at, you know, do people have control over themselves? Yeah. So if I'm going to hand control over to somebody, do they have control? control over themselves if they if they don't have control over themselves how am i meant to trust them to have any kind of control when it comes to me this is just me speaking mm. how can somebody claim to be a dominant when they can't even dominate themselves if you can't control your impulses enough that people feel safe around you 
then you're really not a dominant. And so I think sometimes it's very helpful to talk in terms of leader. Yes. Um, um, because people have less trouble with the term and look at what are you looking for in a good leader. And the reality is that, that, that the dominant is the leader, period. They may not be the person that you see up front. Certainly when people look at us, it's always interesting to watch their responses um, and to listen to their confusion because I am, you know, 95% of the time the one out in front um, and doing most of the talking and I'm teaching and I'm in position. I'm in a position of power a lot of the time. And so people um, assume that... Um, that I must be the one who's dominant. And, and when I say that I'm not, they don't understand that. Well, most of the people who know us know that that is something that I've cultivated. That is what I want people to see because that way I can look at them and see who may or may not be acceptable in our circle. Because I look to see how they're treating you, who they should know, is my submissive. But it's not just about that. I mean, I am out there in the front, in the position of power. And so, yes. so if, if somebody's looking at that and not understanding that that's you making use of my skills and they, they don't see that, right, as a thing. I mean, and I, 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 I often find myself saying, well, this is one of the things that he likes to do anyway. And so, you know, we should just back up for one second, which is that, you know, the reasons that people do do this stuff is because they're, it turns them on. Otherwise, they, they don't bother to, to, to be this elaborate. Um, and I know some people say you know, they don't have sex within their relationships, within their authority transfer-based relationships, or sex or sexuality doesn't come into it. However... There's got to be a reason that somebody is doing these things. And, and in my experience, there's an eroticism to it, even if you are not having what um, uh, many people would class as standard sexual activity. Yes. Right? Um, and so, you know, when we look at the relationship that we're in, I mean, one of your things is to enjoy the fact that I'm there and I'm out front and you're behind and that you have a right to all of my skills and that, you know, ultimately you can start it up or shut it down. Yes. And that that's, that's fun for you. The same as the fact that you're also a voyeur. So you enjoy watching that interaction and that the fact that I belong to you is a factor in that. That's oh, very much. Yeah. So. That's layered and nuanced, but that's what, that's why. Right. So when people are like, we don't understand because we don't see him doing to you necessarily. People think of dominance as always doing, and it's not always doing. That's that's what I mean. They they have this image of what a dominant is supposed to do and be. And I do all of those things that they think a dominant is supposed to do and be, just not in the way they expect to see them. True. Um, and it's, I mean, it's got some, to do with understanding where your power comes from, right? in part. Um, and that is, I think, the part that people miss often. When we talk about, you know, what are the things that drive people to, to express this? 
Um, and there's a significant argument as to whether or not people are born this way, um, that it's, you know, their natural state of being um, is, is to be dominant or, um, or submissive or not. Um, I, again, I think I, I always, I point to people like myself and um, Mrs. Blue Frost of people who are really in no way submissive um, and yet are slaves. Um, and so it, it's not the idea that we don't have our own power, that we don't want our own power, um, it, it's, it's misguided, right? So we're not, I would say we're not typical, but I actually know an awful lot of, of people who part of the surrender is about that, relief of not having to be the last decision point um, and the acknowledgement that somebody else may actually have a better vision for us than we have for ourselves. Right. Well, let me, let me give you this as an example. If you were to go to a diamond mine and scoop up a handful of diamonds, lay them out on a table, in front of somebody, take some, go to a De Vere's store and get some of their loose diamonds and lay them out on the table, bring in anyone and have them point to the diamonds. Well, they're going to point to the ones that are already faceted. Because that's what they expect diamonds, diamonds to, to look, like. look like. Yeah. Dominance and submission are like that. Just because it doesn't look like the diamond you expect it to be doesn't make it not the diamond. I have spent years crafting an image of being, as you've heard me say, Mr. Sweetness and Light. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Affable, friendly. Mm-hmm. And I have heard you tell people on occasion, don't believe the hype. Yeah, absolutely. Because at my heart, oh yes, <laughs> I am I am a control freak. It's yep. just, I don't like my control to be overt. I don't want everybody to go, look at that. Yeah. No. I, per <clears throat> I prefer the, how did he get her to do that? Yeah. Yeah. So there's the, you know, there's the obvious walking with somebody, um, you know, in, in, in bondage or, or in cuffs um, on a lead where you can see it versus not being able to see where the strings are and where the chains are um, and, and how it is that the person has that authority. Right. Yeah. I mean, people, people have seen it and not known what it is. It's like a lot of times you'll see a guy who's doesn't look like he's that attractive and he's got this this woman who just outshines him and you're wondering how did he get her? But if you actually watch their interaction, 
and watch what, what's going on behind what your eyes are telling you, that'll tell you a whole different story. I mean, and to be fair, sometimes that's not... Not all the time. Right. It's not, it's not sometimes all the time. it's not what you're seeing. True. Um, but a lot of times, there is that, that undercurrent of his or even her domination that is that is what brought that person to them they wanted to to shine for this person they wanted to do for this person they wanted to be for that person because that person and them clicked but sometimes i sometimes i don't even think that i don't even think that's it i don't think it's um I don't think it's necessarily. It, I think it's more nuanced than that. It, it's there's because particularly. I mean, I'm a control freak as well. So yes, I know. So people, you know, people also have trouble understanding that. If you're a control freak, then you know what are you doing? And um, so giving up control for me isn't easy. And it it is about yes, I have to surrender, but you also have to be able to to provoke that. Yes. In our case, it's the control freak controlling the control freak. Yeah, I mean, so, but that's often that's often the case. Yes, and so it's what is it about that you know about that situation? So, I was talking with um, with some people recently is that there are lots of things that you you train over time without even realizing you're training them over time. I yes. mean, that's it's so that um, it's easier to surrender. It's easier to go to that place um, because there are cues that bring you there, and and you know it's it's not really that difficult of a trick. You know, I know people think it's it's kind of magic, but it really isn't. It it is about making sure to have these repetitive patterns over time um, with the rewards that go with them that actually makes it work but it then becomes very easy most of the time to get that response but not all but not all the time no there are times where it's just difficult um and you know i mean we always joke but that to me is part of the fun what which bit that it isn't always easy True. True. I mean, sometimes it's part of the fun. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just pain. enough. Sometimes it's just a pain in the ass. Well, yeah. You know. I mean, um, it, the, one of the conversations that you hear if you talk to a bunch of strong submissives or slaves is the um, who are used to having considerable freedom to enact the dominance will is the need to um, step out when the dominant takes control of an activity for themselves because we have ideas about how you should be doing this. True enough. You know, and um, allowing you to do it your way is almost impossible. So <laughs> we got to walk out the room, just remind ourselves, you know, it's like, okay, he can do it however he wants it or she can do it however she wants it or they can do it however they want. That's their prerogative. I'm just going to step over here. Um, and dealing with that imbalance at certain times is quite difficult. But what's attractive about 
dominance is what's attractive about leadership is this, the the confidence that goes with leadership the um the direction the seeming ease with which somebody is able to uh take steps toward a goal or move towards something in life or enact manifest and right. i say seeming e- ease because sometimes it is easy but sometimes it's not and it is one of the perils of sitting in that seat as opposed to the seat that i sit in which is that you because you are taking that responsibility for the submissive as well the overall overarching responsibility it can be quite difficult when you're in a place where you absolutely have no fucking idea what you're doing true enough there there are times that while you're in the driver's seat you 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 do have to to look over at the passenger and go I have no idea where the hell I am. Now, there are people who will say that no strong person will ever do that. Yeah, those are the kind of people who end up wasting time because they didn't stop for directions. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy not to to be able to admit that, but it's very difficult I think, you know, we talk about this in terms of driving directions in a car. It's a hell of a lot more uncomfortable if you're relying on somebody to have the vision in life and there's no vision there. Right. You know, if it's a period where they don't know what comes next or how or how you guys are going to get from A to B. And so that the strength that is the vision that is relied upon because that is definitely in your wheelhouse is the vision. The vision that's relied upon not being there can really feel like chaos and uh, and can be unbearable. Um, and managing those times is really the trickiest um, so that you actually still have a relationship at the other end. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. Yeah, they're not easy times. I think that as a dom, no, ma- no matter how well you think you keep it in your head, there should always be something that you can point to that is your vision so that you can always go back to that place, revisit it, and re-center yourself on what your vision of your dominance is. I I think your vision of your mastery is one thing. I think also, um, you know, what that means practically is the other thing. And one of the things that um, I think is particularly important is to have peers that you can you can talk with without a doubt um and to be able to make use of those peers particularly if you've chosen to live this as a lifestyle on a 24 7 basis where you're not um you know our relationship may it's always funny because people look at our relationship and they're i don't see it right 
because you got to know what you're looking for in order to see it. Yes. Most of the time, I tell people, most of the time we just look like a boring, boring married couple. <laughs> you know, we have a very interesting life, but for most of the time, you know, we get up in the morning and, and we figure out, you know, what we're going to eat for the day. We do ordinary people we do, shit all the time. Yeah. You know, we spend most of our time doing ordinary people shit. So, um, you know, people don't if if people don't choose to live this way full time they can have a really real hard time understanding excuse me some of the challenges um you know one like one being when we were just talking about you know when at a time where vision is difficult yeah that that's that's definitely a challenge another is when you're incapacitated um yeah that was us yeah well you know that's still us so <laughs> you know i mean that was you know that's one of the ones you know to talk to to people and, and this is something one of the things that um i always highlight for people is that there are power dynamics and authority transfer dynamics in every single relationship they're just not necessarily stated and the difference for us is, is how we choose to live as we choose to live out loud so we state it we know what we're doing we negotiate what's included in what we're doing and how we're doing it that's the difference between us and then maybe you know a more very traditional marriage where nobody's really discussed the details of how they're going to do it they're just going along what they've been yeah, told that, that that's that's that implied dominance which really isn't well, it can be, but it well, it doesn't work very well because it there because it's not. It hasn't been agreed on. Well, it hasn't been agreed on, and expectations aren't clear, and well, so that's that's where people get tripped up is they have all sorts of expectations, but they've never actually discussed what they yeah, are. Which, which to me, that really isn't dominance. That's just you having your way. Yeah, but it, it's not the same. No, it's not. But you. But I'm talking about situations in which you've got like the the typical marriage where the man is the breadwinner, and so you have an agreement that the man is the breadwinner and the woman's staying home with the children, and we still have that. Or the, let's say both parents are going to work, but the mother is going to work. They're going to have kids, and the mother's going to work less. Or um, in a same sex relationship, or a multi gender relationship, the same sort of thing. One person is going to be, it's just a traditional relationship. Right. People call it a traditional relationship. They run into some of the same issues um, that we're discussing. Like when somebody's, when, when the person in the um, dominant role is incapacitated, that becomes an issue. Yes. The difference in that and us is it is laid out partially in writing. Yeah. That there are set roles. Yep. And there are set. And, and we know what those roles are. And we are. know what the expectations are, but it doesn't change that doesn't change the fact that with you being ill, I mean I'm I'm the breadwinner in this family. Yes, that's true. Um you worked as well, but I do am the the one with the larger income. You were retired and so you were taking up a second income. Um until you got ill. Yeah. 
And um, so some people would think that because I was the breadwinner, that would make me the dominant one, but that doesn't follow. Because that is what people expect. That's right. And if so you're the breadwinner, then you're the dominant. And it's not that ain't necessarily so. No, and it's not certainly not how we negotiated it. No. Um, but it has thrown us for a loop, you not being in a place to, you know, to, to hold the vision um, at times and, um, and to do the parts that you need to do so that surrender is something that's easy for me to do or easier for me to Without do. Without a doubt. Because there's a, there's energetically, there's a balance that's struck. And so when that balance is off, it becomes difficult. I still, I still find that our situation is easier than a lot of people's because ours is codified. Well, yes. I mean, I mean, just, I mean, it, I think that, I think that's the point. I it's mean, it's not an understood. It's this is what it is. Right. But that, but actually, uh, sometimes I think that's easier, but sometimes I think that's harder because when those things that have been agreed on and negotiated and agreed on are not there, that's more difficult. Yes. But you have agency to talk about those things. Truth. Um, and, and, I mean, people do in other situations as well, but they may not know what it is that they're talking about. It, that's right. That's whereas the problem. Whereas in a situation, in, in this situation, and it, the reverse could be true. If I weren't carrying out the, the duties of my role, um, and certainly, you know, and like we're unusual in in that I am chronically ill, so you know, I have. Um, there are things that I don't do that lots of people would expect me to do. I, it's again stereotypes, right? Um, because I'm physically not able to do them. So, you know. Well, there are things that you don't do because I don't let you. Well, yes. Let's I, take, for example, the the one aspect that most people would look at and immediately assume that that's the sub, cooking. Yeah, but I enjoy cooking. And, yes, you do. And when, and when we're in a position where I'm not working as hard as I am, yes. then um, cooking is something that I can provide as a service. Yes, which is, but. But I don't do it because that's one of the ways you take care of me. Yes, it's also one of the ways I control. Well, yeah, but. Uh, you know, okay, I, I I get to decide what gets eaten. Yeah, I mean, you make sure that I'm getting the... Ad I make sure you get fed nice food. Yeah, you make sure that I'm getting the adequate nutrition and all but, of that. But at the same time, what gets done in that part of the house is what I feel like doing in that part of the house. Yeah, and that but that has to do more than anything else with the fact that I'm the one who's working. You know, you enjoy cooking, I enjoy cooking. If I wasn't working, mm -hmm. I would be doing more of the cooking because there would there wouldn't be an issue around that. It would be a discussion. It would it was that way. It's, it, would, it, it would be a discussion. It would not be a discussion. Yes, it would. It was that way, but that was when you were working. So it's about the balance, right? That's that's the point that I'm making that I think is the point 
that is important is that it is about the balance there. Yes, it is. So, you know, when you were working, still working, and when we were living um, separately, um, and you were still working, when I would come and visit, I might do some of that. I might make sure there was food. I might, you know, well, when you would come and visit on holiday, I, I took charge of that, and I did those things. Because you were all, you were providing in a different way. True. And so this is part of that balance. Yes. Um, which, again, gets thrown off when the things that you have explicitly agreed upon are not able to be done, which is the point at which if you end up renegotiating things. And I think that's the other part of this is to understand that there what makes these sorts of relationships work is a fluidity that people don't often really pay attention to. They think of it as more of a, because we're explicit, they think of it as more rigid, but in actual fact, it's far more fluid. Um, and having an agreement allows you the freedom of modification of it. Yes. Not having an agreement means that you're kind of fumbling around for what might be. Um, and so the kind of dominance that you're, the, the leadership that you're talking, one of the things that a leader demonstrates is the ability to change direction when appropriate and, you know, and the ability to be vulnerable as well, which is the other part of that. And sometimes, um, because of the way the stereotypes are, I think people find it really difficult with that one. There is that one. Yeah. That, which is, again, another reason why, as I was saying earlier, that having peers who um, are in similar, similar roles and also who have taken similar positions, so who are choosing, if you are not doing this 24-7, you're just doing it in the bedroom, having peers around you who are doing it in the bedroom, um, not that you won't get anything from those who are doing it 24-7, you will, but to have somebody who has similar life experience um, and a similar set of demands on them. Yeah, it, it can be done alone. It's just not, it's not something that can be easily done alone because at some point in time, you really need a mirror to be able to reflect and look at. And if all you ever have is yourself, there are things you're going to miss. Well, there's that. And there you don't, um, you know, personal development is something that you do. You do some of it alone and you do some of it in relationship. And if you want to work on a relationship and that mastery slavery relationship, then you have to have some of that with either peers or a professional. Yes. Um, I actually think people, people are, um, those people who do the best are willing to see a professional when necessary and have peers on a regular basis so that you've got that combination of um, professionals because of, of just a greater knowledge and experience. And sometimes my knowledge and experience is greater not because of my school learning, um, but because I've worked with so many people over the years. Well, you were the one that told me that any good therapist 
either has a therapist or they at least have somebody that they know they can that they know they can talk to. Yeah, they, supervisor. You, you need that. Yes, absolutely. You, you need the balance. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, you can be in a in a in a dom submissive relationship. The submissive may not be the best person to provide the balance for you. Well, uh, oh, I'm going to say that they they can't. Um, you can't. I mean, I I can listen to you. You can listen to me. That's great. You do some of that in a relationship. We just take the roles out for a minute. In any relationship, you need to be able to be vulnerable with your partner, and they need to be able to be vulnerable with you. But you also need other people to be able to take some of that too, particularly in this type of relationship where the resp- level of responsibilities are different. Um, you need to be able to talk about things in a way that allows you um, greater freedom. And so I think, I mean, I think it's really important. It's one of the areas that um, a lot of times is lacking. Is the willingness for um, people who identify as dominant, and this is across genders, to actually uh, be vulnerable with other people and right. seek that kind of support um, is very variable. Well, I, I did put something in, in one of your lives. The best guide is somebody who's been there. Mm. And uh, Well, it is and it isn't. Right, because sometimes somebody who's been there and fucked it up has fucked it up, and they're not a very good guide. Right? That's why. That's why. You know, some some people will say that you know therapists aren't necessary. You need to see somebody who's gone through the same thing. Well, not always. Right? Sometimes it's really good to see somebody who hasn't fucked up to that extent or who has more perspective, because well, they're distanced from it. Well, I'm not talking about necessarily the fuck up part. Yeah, but. For somebody who's a dominant, the the best person to to kind of look at look at your stats and and your progress and tell you where you may or may not have messed up is somebody who has traveled that road that you have respect for. I I I mean I'm I agree with that. Sometimes I also think that there are times where. That, and I can think of a few situations that we were both aware of where that actually ran people to ground because um, you have to make sure that you're, not only do you have respect for the person, but that they can take a perspective outside their own. Mm, And that's, uh, that that is, um, Is that that can be really difficult, you know, and I I mean, I think the same is true with, um, with the opposite side of the slash, you know, you, you need not to be in an echo chamber. You need people to be able to hear clearly and to rec and to know what questions to ask. Um, I mean, a lot of my job is asking mm-hmm. people the right questions. Um, a lot of the coaching that I do is asking people the right questions. And it's one of the reasons why when people are, are setting out a relationship like this for the first time with each other, it's you know I love working with people at that place and I do a um, a six month group um, around exploring a th- the DS and BDSM which is the authority transfer bit um, but I I also do um, some private work and and a, a do it yourself class to work through um, 
because that setting up and that exploration and making sure that you have done the work you need to do and you're all on the same page when you get started. And then that you put in place a framework for getting support from other places, for revisiting your agreement or contract, for making sure that everybody has agency to speak their mind. All of that framework, if you get that into place before something goes boom, it's always easier. Unfortunately, people often wait until after things go boom. Yeah. Yeah, which is, well, fairly typical, I guess. Yes, the 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 juggling of the hot potato when you very well could have just put on oven mitts and saved yourself the pain. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, okay, so what um, do you think are the two most important tips you can give somebody who is um, exploring dominance and seeking to be the dominant master owner, whatever the word they're going to use, leader in in this type of relationship? I would say the first one is know who you are. Okay. So I, that, don't, I don't just mean name, name rank, and serial No, of number. course not. Know who you are. So that means that it that you have to do some personal development yes. work, be it therapy or spiritual work or both, or, or both, or you know, self help or whatever it is. However you go about it, that's that's the the place to start. Now be be honest. If people if people if more than one person have mentioned that they've noticed that you have a short fuse in a place, you might want to go look at that and mm. figure out why. Mm. Know, know what those are okay because it's important and and it's helpful to know to know you know if you know who you are then you fairly quickly get an idea of of how you want your dominance or leadership or to develop it's hard to to know that know what direction you're going to go in well, if you don't really know who you are yet that goes into number 2 which is no it once you know who you are then you can craft what it is you want. Mm-hmm. You gotta have both parts. You just can't. I mean, well, you can. It doesn't usually work out very well. You can you can jump out there and go, "I'm a dom," and then the sub comes to you and goes, "So what kind of dom on you?" And you're standing there going, uh, "If you don't know." How are you going to how are you going to fit them into into your dynamic if you don't know what it is? Okay. And I think for me the thing that one of the things that I think is most important is that alignment, you know, you know who you are, you know what you want, that that gives you your values. Yes. Um, um and and helps you with a start to developing vision. Vision often it doesn't get developed until you have a partner. Well, right. yeah, but um, but once you know those things, it, it's at that point you look at alignment, and that's the piece that a lot of people forget to look at. Um, is that does this person align with my goals, my vision, and all of that? Because if they don't, it's pointless. Right. I mean, um, breaking somebody to your will. I mean, if you're that, if that's your thing, um assuming that that's done with consent and there's no abuse, um, 
that's a really difficult road to go. Yes. Um, and it, it's a far uh, more profitable road to actually find somebody who at least has some basic alignment. It definitely works out better in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if that's what you want, if you want a long haul. And so for everybody who's been listening, we really have been talking about dominance in terms of relationship more than um, we're talking about the relationship side of things. We haven't been talking about it, the sexual side of it very much. Um, I'm going to leave that again for another show. Um, not because that, that, that it's... Um, there's isn't utility in talking about it. I think that I, needs a whole show by it, itself. Well, and but I've probably talked about that more. I mean, more of our shows have talked about when we've talked about BDSM. Of you know, you know, you talk about some of the fun things. I think maybe, maybe not. I'll, I'll let my listeners decide. But yeah, there are a lot of fun things that you can do. Um, so so self awareness is is probably the most important skill that. Um, uh, a dominant needs um, and humility. Yes, I, I can't stress how important that is. And you should also be aware of of who you attract. Well, I, I think there's two parts to that. Be aware of who you attract, but then there's also you can modify who you attract by being clear about where you where you're going. Yes, um, and um. You know, I talk a lot about this when I look at relate people's relationship patterns mm-hmm. um, and what we see and, um, and what we don't see when we're, we're out looking for partners. Um, so it's, pre- it's pretty important to be paying attention to that. Um, and if uh, the same person is always coming along and it's not what you want, looking at yourself and saying, well, what is it that I'm putting out there yes. that's, that's attracting yeah, this what, same... What? What vibe am I putting out there that's attracting this kind of person? Yeah, that isn't really in alignment with me. Yeah, if that's not what you're looking for, then you need to figure out what it is coming from you, Mm -hmm. and you need to switch it up Yep. or just plain get rid of it. Okie dokie. So thank you very much for joining me. This has been a great conversation. Guys, uh, next week will be the letter E. this uh, upcoming week is the final episode of the first season of Open House, The Great Sex Experiment on Channel If you 4. haven't watched it, you really, really should. Yep, you can watch it back. There, it's still available. It's probably available. It'll probably be available for a full month after. That's usually how it is in the UK, for a full month after it, it stopped airing. But um, if you haven't watched it, start at the beginning. But... Um, Look forward to the last episode, which is happening Friday night, uh, the 6th of May at 10 p.m. on Channel 4. Uh, For those of you who are outside of the United Kingdom and want to attend a watch party, I usually host those every week, but um, it appears that this week I will be um, at a party watching with a bunch of people in person. And so um, TJ will be hosting the watch party. So uh, there's a link in all of my social media and on my link tree where you can sign up and you will get the Zoom link that you need. You you register and you'll get the Zoom link that you need in order to join the party. Um, So that's a way for you to see it if you're outside of the United Kingdom. Uh, If you're in the United Kingdom, please don't join the watch party. Please go and watch it on television so that we get the ratings from every single person that chooses to view it. 
we need to blow this up, folks. We need we need to make sure that they want a second, third, fourth, fifth season. <laughs> we yeah. really want to blow this up. Yep. I'm not just saying this as her dominant. I'm not just saying this as her husband. This is a woman who deserves this. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and um, so there's that going on. Um, there is Navigating Non-Monogamy, which is a six-month group for helping you open up your relationship. That is starting in May. If you're interested, you can find the information on my website, drlauribethbisbee.com. And um, there will be a DS and BDSM group starting most likely uh, June. Um, but I'm not 100% sure about that yet. Again, you can find the information on drlauribethbisbee.com and all the upcoming stuff that's happening. If you are interested in being a part and knowing what's going on, you can uh, join my email list and um, uh, at the moment do this by going to my link tree and saying, I want more, um, hitting I want more, and that'll put you on the list so that you get informed of all the things that are happening if you've got a topic you want to hear about on this show or a person that you'd like me to interview please email me at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.com and i'll do my best to get the person there and finally please 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 leave a review reviews are really important and i know a lot of people don't want to be bothered leaving a review or don't want their names associated with a review about something to do with sex but it is really helpful um, because it gets um, the podcast hosts to recommend the show to people who might enjoy it. Um, and I have lots of listeners, but I'd love the podcast to get to lots more. So leave a review. If you are one of the first five to leave a review, I will send you, assuming you send me your address, I need a postal address, some uh, limited edition stickers to thank you for leaving me a review. If you leave a review in more than one place, i.e. you leave one on Apple and you leave one on Spotify where there haven't been many reviews yet, um, I will give you a 20-minute conversation with me about anything that you you like for free, which um, you cannot get these days. So it's a big one. So if you would like that 20-minute free conversation, go and leave me a review on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher. Just make sure you leave me a review on two places. Thanks for joining me. Have a safe week. Have fun, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to The A to Z of Sex or the A to Z of sex if you're in North America. If you enjoyed the show, please do leave a review wherever it was you listened to it, but especially head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Reviews really help the show get out there. If you want to support my work, you can support it through my Patreon page. That's Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on Patreon.com. You can also head over to DrLaurieBethBisbee.com and subscribe to my free mailing list, which will keep you updated as to the activities I am getting up to and any special appearances. 
For people who subscribe to the Patreon, there are special broadcasts, merch, um, and the opportunity to get discounted tickets to a lot of the events that I do. Knowledge gives you power. The more you know, the better your relationships, the better your satisfaction and joy. If you've got suggestions for the show, comments or questions, do email at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.com and I will try and incorporate them. Have a wonderful week filled with loads of joy. <laughs>